This morning, we're going to finish up a little series in Philemon before Pastor Matt takes us back into Titus. And uh, so we look forward to that next week. And this, this book of Philemon, you can open it up. We're just going to be concluding it in the last handful of verses this morning. But this is a unique letter of Paul because nowhere in, the, in this letter of Paul, unlike all of the other letters that he wrote, um, nowhere in this letter is the gospel explicitly written or is explicitly spoken. And um, instead, what Paul does is he, he, t- he, he makes a powerful picture of what the gospel is by the way that he lives, by the choices that he makes. So he has this, this frame that he gives to his life so that Philemon might see it, not only in what he says, but in also what he does. And so Paul steps in this letter, as we look today, he's going to step into this frame of the gospel, and he's going to hold it up so that Philemon might not, might not only hear it, but see it in his life, in the way that he chooses to live. And then there's a hopeful response that Paul is desiring Philemon to make. And so he says this in this letter. Paul says, Philemon, this is the gospel. Believe it. And so a gospel frame living is what we're looking at today. And, and as we go through today, you're going to be encouraged. I just, I just encourage you to think about the gospel and what is the frame that is around your life. What are you living for? In this frame, when people look at your living through this frame, what do they see? And what response are you hopeful they'll make as they look at you and the way that you live? So let's pray this morning, and then we'll just spend some time reading through the last few verses. Father, we thank you for this morning, and we thank you for your word. And even as we all declared, here's my heart, Lord. Speak to me. Let me know what is true. In a world where where there are so many lies about what real living is, would you speak to me what's true? And so we ask that you would speak to us this morning through your word and that you would compel us to live differently because of who you are, because of what you've done, and for all who believe and follow you, Jesus, for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you, God. Amen. So... Uh, Verse 17 is where we're going to pick up, and I'll just read. It should be up on the screen, too, for you, and um, and then we'll enter in a little bit more. So if you consider me your partner, so sorry, let me take a step back. The Apostle Paul has just been um, asking that, that Philemon would receive Onesimus, his runaway slave, back into his life, and uh, that that he would, he would let there be goodness in his heart towards him and affection towards him. And, uh, 
And so he's saying, would you receive him back? And so that's where we pick up. So he says, so if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. At the same time, prepare a guest house for me, for I am hoping that through your prayers I will be graciously given to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you. And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So Paul, Paul begins in, in verse 7 and says, So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. As, you, as you're looking at Onesimus, the apostle Paul is saying, in the same way that you would receive me as a brother in the Lord, as a partner, as he says, as a partner, as a partner in the gospel, in the same way you receive me as a brother and as a partner in the gospel, would you receive Onesimus back? Tenderly, affectionately, as one who is, is a partner with you now in the gospel because God's changed his life. He's transformed him. He's transforming him. And now he's not just a servant and a slave of yours. He's a brother in Christ. So receive him back as you would receive me. And then in verse 18 and 19, this is the picture of the gospel that, that I just was mentioning. And, and he begins and says, if he has wronged you at all or owes you anything. So it was not uncommon for slaves when they ran away to take from their master as they fled for obvious reasons. Um, they don't have anything. That isn't necessarily the case here. It could be. But minimally, a slave is left, and so there's a cost to Onesimus, or there's a cost to Philemon that Onesimus isn't around anymore. And so he says, if, more like, I know likely some of these things have happened, but just so you know I'm aware, if this has happened, he says this, if he has wronged you at all, if he offended you, if he's treated you poorly, if you've suffered cost and struggled because he's gone, if he's wronged you in his leaving, take that blame and put that blame on me. Count the wrong that he's done you and the offense that he's given you and put that upon me. I'll take that. If he owes you anything, charge that to my account. If he has a debt to you that he has to pay because he's left, because he stole something, whatever, whatever debt he has, take that debt and put that on me. That word, charge it to my account, it, it, it really means put it upon me. I'll take it. Some of you might know this word imputation or to impute. Whatever he's to take, impute it to me. I'll take that. Put that blame on me. 
whatever debt he has, I'll take it. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. As I mentioned last week, the Apostle Paul, even two weeks ago, the Apostle Paul came, and through the gospel, Philemon became a believer and became born again in Christ Jesus. So Paul brought the gospel to him. He's believed, and so likely, there could be more here, but, but for sure, minimally, there's a spiritual debt that, that Philemon owes Paul. But Paul says, you know what? I'm, I don't owe you anything, Philemon. Onesimus does. What I want you to do is I want you to take what he owes you. I want, I want you to take all the wrong that he's done. I want you to take all that and put it on me. And now, I want you to look at him and count him free. I want you to look at him and say, you are free of the debt. You are free of the wrong that you've done to me. Paul's going to take that in your place. That is the gospel, my friends. Paul is saying, hey, Philemon, take the debt that he owes Take the wrong that he's done, put it on me so that you can count him free and you can have a restored relationship of peace with him again because there's nothing in between you anymore. It's all been rectified. It's all been taken care of and restored. This is the gospel. It says in 1 Peter, it says, Jesus committed no sin, neither was any deceit found in his mouth. He owed nothing. He was perfect. And then two verses later, this is in chapter one, two verses later he says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. Jesus came and did the same thing and Paul's saying, this is the good news that I'm believing and Philemon that you chose to believe as well. Remember it. Remember the gospel. Remember that God counts you free in Christ because the debt you owe because of sin, it's paid for. The wrong that you've done and offense that you've given to God, it's covered. That blame is on Jesus so that you can be free, so that you might have a restored relationship with him again. My friends, is there anyone among us who does not know this good news? If you don't, believe it. That's what Jesus has come for. And maybe you're like, I've heard it, I've heard it, I've heard it. I need to remember it. And today I need to believe it again. The gospel. Jesus, in you I am free. You've paid it. And you've brought me into a restored relationship with God. Thank you, Jesus. He continues in verse 20. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Even as you've benefited and refreshed the hearts of the saints that we see early on in this letter, 
I want to receive that too. I want to hear of your response through a letter or, as we'll see in a moment, I want to come to you and I want to be refreshed because you remembered the gospel and you saw Onesimus and you said, thank you, Jesus. I can do what Paul is asking me to do. I can do that. Refresh my heart in your response. And then he continues, and this is the hopeful response that Paul is making. Confident of your obedience, I write to you. I'm assured in your submission to Jesus and the gospel, I'm writing because I believe that you're going to make some good decisions here that are a reflection of the gospel and what you believe about Jesus. I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. This word knowing is like is like mental eyesight. Sort of like, I see what you mean when somebody says that. I see what you mean. They're actually not seeing it with their eyes. They're perceiving it with their mind. Okay, that's this word knowing. I'm believing, Philemon, that when you see the gospel, when I'm reminding you of the gospel and I show you in my life and what I'm willing to do for Onesimus, I'm believing that you're going to respond according to that gospel. That you're going to see it and you're going to say, yeah, And then he says, knowing that you will do even more than I say, you're going to go beyond the present circumstances. You're going to go much beyond that. You're going to be reminded of the gospel or be reminded of the gospel in the choices that I'm making, as Paul would say, and and go much beyond, not just the present circumstances, but look forward to the future compelling him. The gospel is compelling you, Philemon. Don't settle for the minimum. Go even further. And my brothers and sisters, the gospel and the good news of Jesus, Jesus bearing your debt, taking your blame, counting you free, forgiven, saved, restored in relationship with God, free to live righteous and holy lives? Does that compel you to the minimal living? Just to settle? Or does not the gospel compel you to say, thank you, God, for all that you've given me. What can I do for you? What debt can I pay for a friend? What place can I stand in intercession for a friend? How can I live so differently so that when people look at my life, they would see the gospel and they would see you, God. They would see Jesus and what he's done. They would see a transformed life. My brothers and sisters, let's not settle for minimal living, but do even more. Do even more than what, we, than what we're doing now, than how we're living now. God, how can we live even more in our lives to please you? So there's potential that Paul is saying, um, would, you set, would you set Onesimus free? That's, that's, there's, there's good possibility that that's the case. It's not, it's not necessarily true. But what would be even more than just receiving him back because of the gospel? Surely there would be some freedom there that, that Paul is, is saying, um, or at least just transform thinking about his 
servant, his slave, Onesimus. And so he says in, in verse 22, At the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I'm hoping that through your prayers I will be graciously given to you. Paul is fully expecting to get out of this house prison. And he's saying, the means of that is through your prayers. Continue to pray. God is working through your prayers. And I'm believing and trusting that through your prayers, God will give me freedom. I'm going to be able to return to you. You're going to have a room for me. I'm going to be refreshing my heart, not only in you, Philemon, but also in the church and in what happens right now after you read this letter and your relationship with Onesimus. Refresh my heart. I'm fully expecting to come to you. And then he says in verse 23 through the end, he says, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you. And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. We don't know how the letter ends. We don't know the response that Philemon makes. Um, but we can be hopeful. And even as Paul says, I'm confident in your obedience because I, I know you. And because I know what the gospel does and how it transforms people's thinking and their actions. And so we can be confident in the response I think we can make here, or the, the response that he makes here. Um, but nonetheless, we can see in our own lives that living out, not only speaking the gospel, but living out the gospel so that people can see the frame and see how the frame of the gospel emphasizes our living. The way that we live declares what God has done in and through his son, Jesus Christ. And it's a powerful thing when we live it out, both when we speak it, but also when we live it out. Because people, words can just be words sometimes to people. Although we believe that God is speaking, God is working through his spirit, through his word. At the same time, sometimes people are like, oh, I'm, I'm tuned out. But when we live so differently, people are compelled to say, what in the world? Why would you do that? And it matches the gospel that we speak, and they see the gospel in our life. And so we want to be people who speak the gospel, but also live transformed lives because of the gospel. That we can take a frame like this and we can step into it and we can say, as we live our lives, it's not like this now and this later and this now and this later. I'm around these people, I'm like this. I'm around these people, I'm like this. Right? But it's this all the time. We've been captured. I've been captured by Jesus. I no longer live for myself, but rather I live for him. Look at him. Look at the gospel and look at Jesus through my life. So that as you see through this frame, you actually don't even see me. You see God. You see God's work in my life. And then you begin to believe it's true for you. And then you can enter into your own frame. You can believe the gospel and so be transformed by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. And so, brothers and sisters, is there something that God is revealing to you this morning how you can begin to live differently. How you can begin to live maybe less like this and more like this. Because God's created you for that. Because God's glorified in that. Is there something that God has been doing 
in your life that you've just been slow to do. You're like, I know, I know, I know. And today he's just reminding you, hey, remember this? Do this. Live this way. Is there a new season in your life? Graduates, it's an exciting time for you. You just get to, for some of you, just start over. Start fresh in some different ways. You just get to be yourself. There's no expectations on you as you enter into the new season. How can you begin to live differently with the, with the frame of the gospel around your life so that people might not only see you, they see and hear the gospel, they see how your life has been changed, and they begin to believe, God, this is real. This is real. And they begin to meet him. And all of us, brothers and sisters, as we think about our community and our living outside of this church building, outside of these walls, we want to be people who speak the gospel and at the same time live transformed lives because of the gospel. So that when people see our lives, they see God. They see God's work. And people can be counted free and be saved and be restored and reconciled in their relationship with him. So if there's brokenness in your life this morning, we're going to have some time at the end. There's going to be an elder up here to pray with you. Please come forward. And if you're like, I don't even know this gospel. Today, today, believe it. All of us, believe it today and tomorrow and the next day, and the next day, until Jesus returns. And let's live lives to honor and please the Lord with the frame of the gospel in every way shaping the way that we live, the way that we speak, the way that we act. God, let this be true. Do this in our lives. Let your gospel frame so change the way that we think, the way that we act, the way that we live so that through us you might save many more. Through our living you might bring freedom and salvation to all men. In Jesus' name.